All right, well, guys, uh, excited to share. Uh, this is a little weird for me because I've been speaking online for the last 11 weeks, so this is a little strange to have people in a room. So it's kind of fun to see some faces out there. Good to see all of you. Uh, it's great to see everybody out there as well. Um, but, but uh, you know, as you know, on, I guess, yeah, May, May, no, March, March, March 15th was the last time we had service in here. March 15th, that was 11 weeks ago almost. Almost three months ago, we, uh, we, we stopped having in-person worship in this space. And as you know, a lot of things have changed, you know? A lot of things have happened since that. I can't think of a time in my life outside of being un, not, not saved that I hadn't been to church in 11 weeks. I mean, some of you probably never had that happen. Like you were raised in a Christian home, you went to church every week. It's like this is a whole new world, right? And uh, I mean, it's just true. I mean, I can't think of a time that I've experienced that in my life. And sometimes, you know, you, know, you just got to stop and say, wow, what, what in the world has just happened? You know, you, you really do have to take a, kind of this assessment of your life. You have to kind of look around and say, okay, what, what in the world have we just been through? What have we seen? What have we experienced from all this? I mean, we've, we've had things like, I mean, to the kind of these simple things, like people hoarding toilet paper. I mean, that was a real thing. Matter of fact, some people still have a stockpile somewhere. I mean, they do. They're, they've still got it. To some of the more tragic things, I mean, if you saw the New York Times, over 100,000 people in America have died. I mean, that, that's significant. And, and, you know, we can quibble and we can talk about all this, that, and the other. And, but at the end of the day, when we were here on March 15th, that wasn't true. That wasn't real. Matter of fact, I remember standing on this stage and talking about the fact that in Missouri, I think at the time, we had only had six reported cases of COVID-19. Six. Currently, we've had over 14,000 reported cases in Missouri and over 809 deaths in Missouri, just in Missouri. Now, I know sometimes in the grand scheme of things, it's like, well, that's not that big a deal and compared to this and that and this and the other. But, hey, guys, those are lives. Those are real lives. Those are people. Those are families. Those are brothers and sisters and moms and dads and kids now that are growing up with parents that don't, you see? That is a real thing that we're all faced with. And now at this point, you're like, is this, you're really going to do this the whole time? I just want you to see where we've been. Because here's the reality, whether, whether we want to see it or not, is everything, everything has changed. Everything has changed. But you got to hear me. Everything has changed and nothing has changed. It's important we see this. Everything has changed and nothing has changed. And so I want to speak just a little bit about that this morning. You might be asking yourself, how is that possible? How can you have those two things exist all at the same time? Well, here's the reality for a believer in Jesus Christ. And this is something you've got to grab hold of. 
is that everything in the world on a regular basis and in your life is changing all around you. Matter of fact, it's crazy to think about how fast things changed in the last three months. I mean, we saw not just the effects of this virus, but how quickly our economy was affected. How quickly the stay-at-home order showed humanity at, in some ways, our worst. And, at times, our best. But that is the kind of stuff that we've been experiencing. Things have changed so much around us. But as believers in Jesus Christ, this is something that we have to see. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus... That even in the midst of all the change, all the things that are going to happen, all the things that will happen, all the things that have happened, there is something, no, let me say it again. There is someone who is constant, and his name is Jesus. See, God remains the same. While everything else is changing, God remains the same. And I don't know about you, but I find great comfort in that. I do. Listen, listen to this. I want to read something to you to, out of the book of Hebrews. I don't know if you've ever read the book of Hebrews, but Hebrews is this great book. And it's all about encouraging the believers to keep going. Keep going. And in verse or actually in chapter 13 of Hebrews, if you have your Bibles, just turn there real quick. It'll be on the screens. But listen, listen to this. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 through 8. Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Come on, thank God for leaders that'll teach you the word of God. Amen, pastor. Amen, pastor. Thank you. Thank you for teaching me the word of God, Pastor. I love you so much. I know that's what y'all were thinking. I know that's what you were thinking. <laughs> Watch this. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. So in other words, as I follow Jesus, you are called to follow me. That makes sense. So there's a there's in other words, there's a physical example to you. Now, I know I do not live up to that all the time. Come on. Don't say it. I know some of you are like, amen. Yeah. But there is this physical representation that's found in the office of your pastor, the anointing of your pastor, that is designed to help encourage you to walk in the right way. A physical representation. And as long as your pastor is preaching and teaching the word of God, it's important you see it. It's important you do it. It's important you're not a pain in the rear, even the Bible says. Come on. I'll show you the verse. But then watch this. See, everything in the world is constantly changing, but our God never changes. He remains the same. Verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on. Like when everything else is changing, the Bible says that Jesus doesn't change. Woo. His love for God, his love for people, it doesn't change. The things he taught us doesn't change. The promises he made doesn't change. They're still true. And then he says this in verse 9. 
So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. <laughs> I think there are some strange new ideas that are out there right now. I don't even know if half of them are true. You know what I mean? You live in a world where you're just constantly bombarded with all kinds of things. And there's a part of you is like, wait, wait, wait a second. What's, what's right? What's real? What's, what's true? Have you ever felt like that? And the Bible says, come back, come back, come back to center, come back, come back. Just remember, I know, I know everything is changing in your life. I know everything is changing in your work. I know everything is changing in your family, in your circumstance, and even in your church. But nothing has changed as well. And that's the fact that Jesus is the same <laughs> He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Guys, this is so good. I should be clapping myself down right now. Woo! But the reality is, is we've experienced a lot of change. That is just the reality. And I know this, 69% of the population hate change. So some of y'all probably struggling a little bit. I'm just guessing. But here are just a few things that I see that have changed because we talk about everything changing. So what's changed? Well, I think our experience of the physical has changed, hasn't it? I mean, think about it. No touching, right? No handshakes, no hugging. Like, not, like don't touch your face. Have you seen the data on how many times a human being touches their face in a given day? I didn't even stop touching my face. I mean, some of you did, but I didn't do it. I just kept on doing it. Wash your hands, right? Make sure you do it for 20 seconds. Our physical experience has changed. Another thing that's changed is our experience of relationships. Our experience of relationships have changed. I mean, it used to be like we would say this, like, is there a reason we got to do this online? And now that's flipped. Why can't we do this online? See how that's changed things? See how that's affected our reality and our relationships? Social distancing wasn't, I mean, that wasn't even in our vocabulary. It's an old school word. It's just kind of been redone a little bit. It, they called it quarantine. That's what they called it during the plague, quarantine. We just, you know, put some lipstick on it. And call it social distancing. See, our experience of relationships, physical, our, our experience of health and medical care, hasn't that been affected too? Like, you think about it. Like, how do you stay healthy? Everybody has an opinion on it. I mean, in the WHO and the CDC, they seem to not even be able to agree sometimes as to what's real. How do you stay healthy? How do I get good medical care? Matter of fact, how do I even see a doctor? How does this work? Or, or, or God forbid that our system is overrun? Is it robust enough to deal with a virus? Is it robust enough to do what it's supposed to do? Many of us are dealing with this reality. This is true. These are the things that have changed. Number four is our experience of politics. Our experience of politics have changed. Now, what do you mean? I believe we live at one of the most polarized times in history, politically. 
Now, I'm not saying that politics have gotten along. They never get along. But they've figured out how to work with each other. The problem is, is we seem to not even be able to do that. Houston, we have a problem. One professor said it this way, and I thought it was really kind of profound as he talks about the potential. Listen to this. He said the extraordinary shock to our system that the, cor- the coronavirus pandemic is bringing has the potential, listen to this, has the potential to break America out of the 50-plus year pattern of escalating political and cultural polarization. Come on, those are big words. Those are fancy things. We have been trapped in and help us to change course towards greater national solidarity and functionality. Sometimes a shock to the system can actually be helpful. And if you've been living over the last 50 years, which I guess all of you have, you've experienced some of this. And and matter of fact, in the middle of this pandemic, I, I think it's just gotten exacerbated, it's gotten worse, it's gotten heightened. It's gotten ugly. And my hope is, is that this professor's right. I hope he's right. I hope it has created a shock to our system that helps us love each other, that helps us do things for the better of other people, not just ourselves. And then number five of the things that I've seen that change is our experience of racism and injustice. I think any Christian in their right mind who have seen the video of George Floyd being murdered in Minneapolis, we see that that's a problem. And as a church, as people of, of Jesus Christ, we, we can't just stick our head in the sand. We can't ignore that. Because the reality is, is that if that was my son, guys, not okay. I don't care who it is, not okay. And here's the reality. We can't unsee that. If you watch the video, you can't unsee that. If you heard it described to you, you can't change that. You know. You know. And here's the thing, Christian. We can't put it back in the box. We have to work for the good of all people. See, see... In America, we believe in something that everybody is given, you know this big fancy word, inalienable. You ever heard that? You've probably heard that. You probably studied that in, in, in school. Inalienable means they're from God. They're, they're something that aren't coming. They're not taken away from you. They're given to you by the very nature that you are a human being. That you are created in the image of God, the Bible says. And I have many more things to say about this. But, but, but that sometimes we forget that if you map the human genome, which they've done, 99.5% of all of us in the room have the same genome. While we're talking about race, God made us one. And I'm not saying that we don't have unique similarities, that there aren't shades in our melanomen. But I am saying... That we are part of the same family. And if somebody in my family was hurt, I'd do something about it. 
And look, I can't, I can't preach on that all day, and I know many of you probably don't even want me to. But we have to see the things that have changed. We have to see the things that have changed. We have to look them down and say there are people in this. If there are anybody in this country that are not experiencing life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, then we have work to do. We have work to do as the church. Period. So, our physical, our relationships, our health, our politics, racism, injustice, all of these things have happened in the last three months. Come on. It's crazy to think about. But then we got to come back. We got to come back. Remember, we got to come back. See, everything's changed, but nothing has changed. Nothing has changed at the same time. See, 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 we believe as followers of Jesus Christ that Jesus is the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And that means that whatever is happening around me, all the changes that are happening around me, that I am still called with a purpose to follow him. That I am called to have faith in my God. The faith I had in him before COVID is the same faith I have after COVID. The same faith after, the same faith I had when I saw the video and after the video. It's the same faith. See, I'm called to have faith before anything else. I am called to have faith First, before anything else, before any political party, before any family tie, before anything the Bible says, Jesus is my Lord. Period. And sometimes we get so, so committed to building something that's not God's kingdom or reflective of God's kingdom. Christian, that's my new phrase. I'm speaking to Christians now. We're called to... To build the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of America. Guys, look, I love America. I have been all over the world and I love this country. But guys, we have work to do. When anybody suffers in our country, we as Christians, we got to put aside our junk. We got to put aside our agendas. We got to put aside our politics. We even got to put aside our family dynamics sometimes. Because we're followers of Jesus. And we build the kingdom of God because that's what we're called to do. And if you missed my message last week, that encompasses loving God and loving people. Period. And so nothing has changed in regards to our faith, God's promises, and the mission of the church and his people. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And guys, I, feel, I find great comfort in that. See, the mission of our church, whether you know it or not, is to see people transformed by Jesus. People, God's people. People that God created. We are called to see people transformed by Jesus. And guess what? Even though we haven't been to church in 11 weeks, still the same mission. Still the same mission. It hasn't changed. I love that. I love that when I walk out into our little, whatever you call that thing out there, Lobby, foyer, I don't know, hallway, on a big red wall, you see what we're about. And I love the fact that St. Louis is right in the middle of it, that we're called to transform and see our city transformed. And we're called to, what are we called to do? 
What are these four values that I keep talking about? We're called to know God. We're called to find freedom for all people. We're called to help people discover their purpose. And ultimately, we're called to help make a difference in this world. And church, we've been doing that, and we will continue to do that. Just because the climate has changed, it doesn't mean that the church won't continue to be the church. And that is what we are going to do as we look at the challenges that we face. You may or may not know this. Uh, I suspect many of you don't even know this, but recently, during the stay-at-home order, uh, your church did not cease to be the church. We continued to be the church because that's what we're called to do. Matter of fact, uh, I'll just share some data with you. Uh, We've seen probably 100-plus prayer requests come in, and they're not just from our family. I mean, they're from all over the place. I'm seeing prayer requests from all over the world. It's crazy. It's crazy the kinds of things that people are seeing and dealing with. We've, we've had 41 people participate in what we called our care lanes. Those are people calling people, writing cards, giving packages of, of blessing to people. We, matter of fact, we've had two people in our church that were calling people that weren't necessarily a part of our church family. They were calling those people to pray with them wherever they were if we had their phone number and to do that kind of counseling. We've had people making masks. Come on, some of you mask makers out there. Anybody? No? You're not here today? There you are. There's Chrissy made some masks. We've had people making masks. Matter of fact, we've sent out 95 plus care cards in the mail to people. We've made 900 plus calls just as a staff to the people in our church and to the people that needed help and just loving and praying for people. 38 plus phone calls were made by care and prayer volunteers. 15 bags of groceries were delivered. Four bills paid. Over 500 in gift cards were mailed to people in need. See what we're doing? I love this. See, during this time, the church is still being the church. Matter of fact, we partnered with uh, Joyce Meyer Ministry in their nursing home outreach, and it's crazy what we can do together. It's crazy collectively. Now, we didn't do all of this, but, but, but JMM, they, the Hand of Hope arm of JMM visited over 260 nursing home facilities in Missouri. And they were given out, they gave out over 10,000 gifts to the residents. That's just crazy. And we had people participate in that. In addition to that, guys, internationally, El Salvador is really struggling right now. You may not even know it because sometimes we get so focused on what's in front of us, we don't even realize the suffering that's happening in our world. We gave money so that 48 pastors and their families could be fed for a week while they were going through this challenging time. We gave money to India so that many pastors there also could feed their family. In India right now, they can't even leave their house Social distancing is a luxury to us in America. When you live in very deep poverty, you can't social distance from people. And we don't even think about things like that. These guys, if they leave their house, can be beaten by the police just to go outside. And these are the guys that we're helping. These are the pastors your church is helping to feed 
Isn't that good? I don't know about you, but that excites me. That excites me that during this time, we're still making a difference. That we're still making a difference. Now, here's the reality. I want to continue making a difference. And I know that this feels kind of like a state of the church message, and that's fine. You'll be all right. But see, Jesus is still the same. And that means we have to be the same while we're changing. While we're changing. And so here are just a few things I want to share with you about the near future. Guys, obviously, we have some problems in our country. We have some problems in our city. And these are things that we as a church are going to continue to try and do some things about. Matter of fact, um, this month, we have scheduled three events that are designed specifically to deal with and talk about and begin to move towards uh, conversations about race and injustice and different things like that. And so, matter of fact, uh, on, uh, hold on, come to me, June 27th, I think that's right, June 27th, uh, we're going to have a Being the Church kind of outreach over at Equation up in the North City with, our, with my friend Bishop Antoine Jackson. Really excited. We're partnering with Pastor Tony uh, at the Dream Center. And so really excited about some of the stuff we're working on. Because see, look, the narrative is really painful right now. And I'm not saying it doesn't need to be. But what I am saying is that I think it's important too that the church be the church. And we got to join hands with our brothers and sisters. And we got to begin to work against some of these things that are happening in our world. And that's what we're going to do. And so we've got this outreach scheduled. Matter of fact, we've got two other conversations that are going to be, uh, that are going to be had uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and so I'm really excited about those conversations around race, justice, and the kingdom of God and the church. And uh, I'm just telling you guys, we have some phenomenal pastors in our city. We really do. And I know that people are taking a lot of heat right now, but we have some men and women who care very deeply about this city. They do. And so be in prayer for them as they try to lead through some very complicated situations. And if you want to know anything I think about this matter, I have posted several things on my Facebook, which I wasn't even on Facebook before this COVID thing, guys. And a matter of fact, I don't particularly like it, but I'm doing it in order to make sure the message gets out. And so if you want to know what I think, there are a couple of different things I've put out there. You can can check those out. Now, one of the cool things about this outreach is that we're responsible for hygiene. And so the Dream Center, Pastor Tony, his crew, they're going to take care of the food side of it because they're set up for that food distribution. We're going to take care of the hygiene side of it. So after this service, you'll see some things get posted. We'll send an email out about how you can participate in that. And so we're going to be collecting hygiene items. We're going to be putting it in the pod out there that we dropped on our property for this purpose and for reaching out to people. And you can participate in that. And so I encourage you to do that as we create. My goal is to try and create over 300 bags of hygiene products that we can then kind of distinguish between men and women and the needs that are there in that community. Now, we're not reaching out to the entire city. We're reaching out to the neighborhood primarily around Equation Church. And so just encourage you to participate in that. 
one of the other long-term things I'm working on is creating like a first Saturday event up at Equation where we as a church are just up there serving, loving on the community, loving on our sister church, and just being the, the hands and feet of Jesus, all right? And so if you have any interest in being a part of those kinds of things, let me know, all right? Other thing, a couple other things. You guys okay? Yeah. All right. I feel like you, you, you always tell me that you don't feel like you're in the know. Now I'm, I'm just helping you. Second thing is, I felt called by God. I was sitting in my office and I felt called by God to plant what we would call a digital campus. Now I know it's like, what does that mean? What's, what's the difference between that and live streaming? Well, there are a lot of differences. But I just feel that God is calling us that. You know me, church planting is a big deal to me. But I believe that there are some people we can reach in the digital world that won't ever come to our church, that we can then begin to gather in a community that is online. Now, I'm not saying that they don't someday need to darken the door of a church, but I think one of the things that COVID has explained to me and this situation has explained to me is we have to think about doing things differently. We have to do things different. Remember, the mission never changes, but the models do. And so I want to see us invest in creating this online campus. And so I'm really excited about doing that. And then finally, if you don't know this, for the last, uh, I don't know how long actually, but El Salvador has had over 40 inches of rain. Guys, and they're not set up for that at all. I don't know many people that are, but that's a lot of rain. And it has caused major problems in the country of El Salvador. Many of you have been there. You know we have a partnership there with Abigail Ministries. And we want to be able to reach out to them as well. And so in the near future, we're going to be helping there. We're going to be loving people. Uh, and, and matter of fact, we are going to be sending out 150 meal baskets to families in need per week for the month of May. 150 meals for families. We're going to be helping people. We're doing real things, guys. So when everybody else is talking, we're walking. We're doing things. They also have a real need for blankets right now uh, because it's kind of the cold season in El Salvador right now and people have lost everything. And so they're working. Uh, we're working with, with Janice and trying to figure out how we can also do something there. It may not be uh, the best thing for us to collect blankets and try and ship them over there, you know what I mean, right now. But we might be able to donate some money where they can buy them. I've been told that you can get them for $2 a blanket just to be able to help people and love people. So isn't that, isn't that amazing? Guys, I know that we have been through it. And matter of fact, many of us are still going through it. But just remember, Jesus is the same. He is the same God in the middle of the struggle and on the other side of the struggle. And I find great joy in that. And I want to read something to you out of Corinthians as we close. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be, be courageous. Uh, in some translations it says, be a man. <laughs> I like that. Be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. See, that's our call. That's what we're called to do as a church. And I hope that you're excited about that. I hope that you want to be a part of that uh, because I believe uh, the best days of our church are ahead of us as we lead into some of these challenging things. If it was easy, we wouldn't need Jesus. 
So let me pray for us. God, I thank you. I thank you for every person in this room. I ask in Jesus' name, Father, that you would bless them, that you would keep them. Father, that you would help them in their journey. Father, I believe in faith that you're, 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 you've equipped us as a church to do the things that you've called us to do. And so, Lord, would you help us? Perhaps you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're online and, and, and as I talked, you don't know Jesus that way. And so I just want to invite you to, to give your life to Christ. The Bible says that, that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that he'll come in and he'll change your life. He'll save you, he'll transform you. So my heart for you today is that you reach out and you begin to put your faith and trust in him. So I want to pray for you. And if you're here and you want to pray, I'd love for you to do that. Just say these prayers. God, I thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for my sins. Forgive me, God. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. In Jesus' name. Well, we want to celebrate with all of you. Amen. Go ahead. It's okay. We want to celebrate.